0: You are now tuned in to Believe. Do you believe?
1: Welcome to episode 20 of Untapped K, number 20. So uh, I'm R.J. Zimmerman, usually here with my brother-in-law, Monte Ball. However, he has family things he's taking care of. So <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> I'm joined by my fabulous wife, Ashley Ball.
0: Oh, fabulous. Okay, I like it. How
1: are you doing, sweetheart? Oh, my God! Honey pickle. Really? This Honey bunches really? of oats.
0: Stop. I'm done. I am well. My brother is out of town with my nephew, living his best life. Um, yeah. So I am stepping in and I'm a little nervous. (laughs)
1: When, when we started the podcast, we talked about how we wanted, uh, to have guests on and then obviously COVID happened. So that put some pauses on our plans, but, uh, you get to be you get the honor of being the first guest. How does that feel?
0: I guess it should feel great.
1: <laughs> I don't know. You don't. You don't have to be sarcastic.
0: <clears throat> but that's our. That's our thing.
1: That yeah, is um, our thing.
0: So no, I am also very excited. I think it's amazing that you guys are on episode twenty. I did not realize that. Yep. Um, yep. That yep. is a lot of time.
1: Yeah. So what I wanted to use episode 24 is to kind of almost reboot a little bit or explain where we came from and the name we came up with. So as I said before, I'm RJ Zimmerman. I'm a lineman for a local utility company, which means I work on high voltage power lines. Um, I've been sober for a s- little bit over six years. i um, been married to Ashley for four years Doing that quick math in my head.
0: Yeah, that was so smooth.
1: Uh, <laughs> Been
0: together for 10 years. Yeah. You know, so
1: you, this is a great episode to be on because of how I wanted to, to kind of reboot the podcast. But you've seen like the tail end of my being lost in life heavy drinking days. You saw me try to uh, uh, kind of transition into not drinking so much and failing. Uh, you've seen a couple times where I started being sober and just fell off the wagon, and you've seen me become sober, and you've seen my journey from not knowing what I want to do to be a lineman. So, you know, I, I thought it would be a good time to talk about, I guess, how it, how I was when you first met me kind of like the evolution of our relationship where we are now um Hmm.
0: yeah i guess that's that's a lot first of all i mean not enough time in a day
1: i guess let's start (laughs) off with uh you know everybody knows you're ashley but uh what do you do
0: uh everything are we talking besides that no i'm kidding. So I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I own two businesses now, which sounds weird. So I'm sure you talked about the daycare before on here. Yeah. Um, and then I own a group practice now with a friend of mine, and we just started that during this whole COVID chaos. So we will know what that will look like later on
1: <laughs> down the line. I've talked about it before. Okay. how we're addicted to stress. But I think your intro on what we do really highlights how we are addicted to stress.
0: Yeah, we thrive on it. I mean, just talking about our relationship, I guess, you know, where to start. I mean, a long time ago, we were very young, so that was the parting days. What, 22 and 24? Uh babies. And I was
1: 24 when we met. Yeah. I guess I was. I'm going to be 34 this year, aren't I? (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) You forget your age. Yes. Uh, Yeah, we were babies. And of course, you know, college kids just partying it up, doing what you're supposed to do to some degree. Um, But I think, too, we had ideas of where we wanted to be. So that had. And I think we also had to think of what we had to change in order to get
1: there. I think uh, you had an idea of what you wanted to be.
0: <laughs> I tried I to be nice. no
1: idea what I wanted to <laughs> okay,
0: be. We're okay, not, we're not being nice at all. Yes. We're being
1: truthful. I know. Putting it out there.
0: Yes, I had an idea of where I wanted to be. And you know this, I have like these five-year plans in my head and it has to like fall in line. So I want to party, have fun, but also get things done.
1: Yeah. Um, I would say you definitely get things done.
0: I. that's the stress, the added stress we always have to talk. But yes, we had to come to terms multiple times in our relationships on what that looked like for you, what that looked like for me, um, and what that looked like for us. And sometimes it wasn't eye to eye. So.
1: I think that's true. That's for sure. Uh, just like any relationship, we've had peaks and valleys and work to do
0: Definitely. that we've done. I mean, without going into so much stuff, I don't know how much you want to talk about, but I think in the beginning of the whole sobriety, I'm not even sure after when you did decide to go sober, where you wanted to go after that, um, so you had that period of being sober, you didn't know which direction you wanted to go as a person as a like for your career, anything, right
1: what do You, you mean? You're
0: thinking like hard.
1: Yeah, well, <clears throat> I guess I, I'm not quite sure what you mean.
0: I, uh, so I guess we got to talk about break,
1: us breaking up basically. Which time? <laughs> so <laughs> let's start, let's start at the beginning.
0: Oh God. How? Long time.
1: Okay. First off, how's your week been?
0: Can we just start over?
1: Start no. Start all over. No.
0: Why not? This
1: is, this is how the bread gets baked.
0: This is how the bread gets baked.
1: This is how the beer gets brewed.
0: Okay. The week has been stressful, but it's been also exciting for me. I've been excited to launch this other business, but I've also been, you know, very stressed about it. And this whole COVID and new mask situation has also changed um, the dynamics that are going to happen in the daycare and for my teachers. So I'm worried about them. I'm worried about um, us as a family, you know, just regular like I'm sure everybody else is feeling a little bit of anxious feelings
1: definitely especially right now
0: yeah what about you
1: um my week started great my weekend has been (laughs) absolutely the best uh yeah not awful i've had a bad weekend but that's okay that happens that's all so we can we can talk about it later okay um when you we first met, we were working at the Dane County Airport in Madison.
0: Uh-huh.
1: You you started a little bit before me. Um I guess what do you remember about where you were and then where I was when we first started dating? How naive was I?
0: Um I just remember I just moved up here and with a couple months I was working there and then a couple months later you came. Um, What do you mean about being naive? About life.
1: About life? About everything.
0: (laughs) You were great. You were like in a little bit of a slums, I guess, like emotionally because you just gotten over a breakup Um, and we were just friends at work, um, going out and partying and things like that. But I think that you weren't naive. You were where you're supposed to be yeah. at the age, I guess. I guess so.
1: I mean, I you know, I was going to community college at the time, no idea what I wanted to do.
0: Yeah, I'd rather you speak for you.
1: I mean, I'm just trying to ask you what you remember about when we first started dating, like how I was, because... In the relationship. I mean, I remember you were a little bit uh, naive as far as drinking goes because you're coming from Missouri and you come to Wisconsin, which takes our drinking very seriously. <laughs> and I was a very serious drinker then. Yeah, um,
0: I, yeah, you were. And I think that I just like to go out and dance and I'm very much of an extrovert and I want to be surrounded by a whole bunch of people, have a good time, um, but probably have like a max of two drinks. Um, and you were the opposite.
1: I was two drinks at a time.
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Followed yeah. by four shots.
0: Exactly. And so that was good at that point in time. And I think that's what I'm trying to talk about too. It's just like life, like the whole life spectrum, right? Things that we see right now as a 31 and 33 year old looking back is a lot easier than saying like in that moment, when you ask me those questions, I don't know if you're asking me like in that moment as a 22, 23 year old or now looking back, you know how my mind does. And I just like overthink things. So
1: (laughs) yeah, I mean, Answer it however you want to answer it. There's no right or wrong answer. We're just talking.
0: I will say at the time, if I'm my 22, 23-year-old self, I just looked at you as like somebody to have fun with. Like, oh, I, w- I can't take him seriously. No.
1: Yeah, I get that too.
0: Uh, but I had no friends. I moved up here and my coworkers were like my friends. And so you were added to that, and I was just like, "Yeah, this is not serious. This is just going to be fun. It's going to mm-hmm. be great." Um, yeah, how wrong was I?
1: <laughs> well, I, I mean, that's true. With those that group of people that we worked with, we were all really close. I remember we kept our relationship secret for a few months, and then when it came out, like everybody was like, "Oh my god, I had no idea! You guys are so cute together." You're going to have cute babies.
0: Jeez. Yeah. Everybody
1: jumps to that.
0: Straight to that. I mean, they
1: were right, but.
0: My babies are adorable. Hashtag cuties. But no, I think though, I will say that everything happened for a reason. I think the timeline, um, I will say there was moments where I felt like I was pushing you to make some moves, not in like I decided it for you but i was just like hey in order to get to this
1: figure something out because (laughs) what you're doing is not working
0: it's not gonna it can't continue like we used up that time now we're in the next phase like yeah come on yeah sort of thing
1: um i agree with that
0: you did
1: eventually eventually (laughs) Uh, i mean you know when the when we first started living together And I decided I was going to go to line school. Yeah. You decided to help me by moving 30 minutes away from your family to this small town Mm. that was basically halfway to where I had to go to school. And it was halfway between where you had to go to school and work. Right. Did you regret that decision at all?
0: Um, No, I will say that I think I took it. I think it was more difficult for me than it was for you.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. Where we were in our relationship. So like the way that you and I are with our families are complete opposite ends of the spectrum. Like you talk to your family multiple times a day, everybody in your family. I talk to everybody in my family maybe once a week.
0: Well, at the time.
1: At the time, it was like once a month.
0: Right.
1: I, I'm, I would still be fine with once a month, to be honest.
0: Anyway.
1: <laughs> it's just, that's just You're how I am. That's how, that's how my family is.
0: That's how you guys.
1: So getting you to move away from your family like that was a big step in our relationship to kind of be more together, I guess.
0: Yeah, it was definitely another level of trust. Yeah, between us, yeah. Um and I think also what we're missing a big huge piece of this is the idea of having this interracial relationship.
1: Yeah, I was very naive going into that.
0: Yeah. So, I would notice a lot of things that was happening, you know, just day to day for us and you would be so oblivious to it and that was one of the pieces that I was figuring like, maybe this is not going to work out.
1: <laughs> yeah. I remember when you used to talk about how oblivious I was to everything. And I thought you were just talking about honestly.
0: Women hitting Different on you. stuff. Yeah. Like yeah,
1: giving me smiles and stuff like that. But you were talking more about like the way everybody was looking at us. And I, at the time I would explain it away too, like, Oh no, that's, that's not what they meant by it. Like, yeah, it came off like that, but that's not what they meant. And now I know that A, that was wrong and B, you were right. I was wrong. Like, it's not okay for me to explain away your experience. Like I, I know better when I don't. And it, it, um, trying to think of the words here, diminish it, trying to diminish your experience, I guess. Well, yeah. instead of accept just straight up accepting it and talking it through like that was my naivete for sure
0: definitely i and i think it was more of a shock even though it shouldn't have been you know what i mean now looking i mean we're 10 years older now but it really shouldn't have been that much of a shock of me looking at you wondering how you don't see the world i the way i see it um, I was just confused cause that should have been like an hour experiences that yeah. were happening. Yeah. And it wasn't, it was like a me with we, you. We were having experience.
1: two different experiences basically. Yeah. And that was just, and I didn't, I honestly didn't see that even into, I would say five years into our relationship. Oh yeah. Um. It mm-hmm. It took a long time for me to open my eyes. I think honestly what, Really opened my eyes was uh, when you asked me if I saw you as a black woman, and I told I told that story on the podcast already,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I didn't understand. I said uh, I said no, I see you as my wife. Like that's
0: that was before that we was got before married. we got
1: married, wasn't it? Yeah, I- that you were were we engaged at that time?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and you that was probably the most we argued yeah that was probably the biggest argument we got into and i didn't understand it because i've nobody's ever asked me to explain my actions explain my existence right i've just been me i've just been rj right but people they they put you in a box they paint you in a corner because you're a black woman, and I didn't understand it's the same way for a black man. I, d- I didn't understand that.
0: Right? And because
1: th- you're not allowed to just be you, you're allowed to be a black woman who is you. Does that who make is sense?: you? Does that make sense, huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. first first and foremost, people look at you, black woman, and then you get to be you. right. Like they put that wall up, and then me being a white man. So obviously, as far as racially, I'm at the top of the totem pole, which I, it makes, it still makes me uncomfortable saying that, but it's true. And it makes me uncomfortable saying that because I've never acted like that. However, I do, I now understand the truth behind that. At the time, I had no idea. So like, I've just been me. And it's been me first, me second, me third, all the way down a tenth maybe white man. As far as me personally, like I've never, right? Does that make sense?
0: Maybe not. I'm trying to understand what you're saying about yourself. You're saying like the characteristics, your job, your career, all those things about you came first before someone sees you as a white man. Yeah. Hmm. No, not for me.
1: you you saw me as a white man first
0: that's how i see everyone well
1: okay that but that's part of what i mean too yeah like as a white person you don't see yourself as white unless like you're a white supremacist Oh. so like when when i used to say i was colorblind like right i know i understand that's also a form of ignorance and uh it can also be used as a form of racism as well. But Go ahead. What, what I I used to just, you're you, like, you know, you're when I first met you, you were beautiful, you were smart, you were fun.
0: Where? Was?
1: Well, I mean, I'm talking about your old self when we first got together. So <laughs> I put a ring on it. So I don't know if was uh. is it anymore, but.
0: Yes. So I will say as an experience as a black woman, there was multiple things that needed to be accomplished because I knew in the beginning. I think that's what we're talking about, like your naivety about um, just being in a, in a racial relationship and how it was just going to be easy and that we're just going to be doing what we need to do. And it was going to be fun. And it I, was going to be fun. I didn't think
1: there was going to be any difference between any other relationship I've been in. Right. We're just going to be us.
0: Mm-hmm. And I... Um, at a very young age, knew that this is probably not going to work because this is going to be too much work. And I didn't know in the very beginning if it was going to, if you were going to see, <clears throat> if you were going to understand the world le- the way I understand it. And because that's a big piece. And Before I marry somebody or before I bring them into my world and trust them that like on that level, I feel like they need to truly see me and mm-hmm. understand me. So I think that's one of the reasons why we had those discussions. We had discussions of if you see me as a black woman, because if you hadn't, and if you still didn't, um, I'm not sure we'd be 10 years in.
1: wow well, we wouldn't be. I'll answer that for you. Okay. You, know, you don't have to sugarcoat things. Like I, don't, to, know, I know. don't know though. We don't
0: know that we, that time I wasn't, I'm just saying for like, Seriously, you could be a very sweet, caring, loving man, which you are, and still um and still not be in my world, right? Because you just don't see the way I see things. And right. I, and you still won't a hundred percent. Right. But I just need to know that you people are in my corner yeah. for me. Um
1: so no, that's I've always been in your corner. Definitely. However, not as much as I should have been, but not realizing, being oblivious to things going on. Like I think started when when we were at that restaurant. We had that bad service that was obviously because we were in an interracial relationship. The waitress obviously didn't approve.
0: That was very bad.
1: That opened my eyes a little bit, but I mean, you know, this has been a pretty, I would say, slow process. To where I am now.
0: Um, where our been, relationship is. Yeah. Well
1: I mean not just that. But. Under seeing the world for actually. As it really is. Compared to what my perception has been. Yeah. I think that my eyes honestly have been more opened. When. Uh, so. Let's skip. Skip ahead a little bit to. Uh, you know. A, about a year ago. When our relationship was a little rocky, mm-hmm. um, my perception was I thought we were fine. I thought that there was a lot of stress in our lives, and that we were doing our best to just keep our own our personal stresses that come from work and uh, you know family and whatever away from each other, but that also meant we weren't really talking. We would talk about what we have to do for the kids. And our day was fine and like that was it. We didn't really talk in, in depth like we used to. Part of it was because we had a newborn baby and a year and a half year old. Like right. and then came the doctor appointment in September, I think it was. When, it be? No, when um it was a doctor appointment for you and you needed me to get the kids. And you oh. told me twelve fifteen and I thought you said 1250. So, I thought, oh, I'll go get the kids at the daycare. And then you can just go straight to your appointment. You don't have to worry about it. I'm going to do something. I'm going to be, you know, Superman. And I ended up being really late. And I remember you calling and being really mad. And I was still 15 minutes away. I remember the doctor was mad at me. Um, and we had this infant. And that's when I realized my perception was not reality what I was seeing in the world was not what was actually in the world. And I went and I scheduled therapy and I got um, medication for ADHD because I things were not going well. Like I could not voice words in my head. I couldn't find my vocabulary. I had, I basically had a, a sixth graders vocabulary. I couldn't use words that I would use all time till like 10 minutes after the conversation, I would finally think of it. And it was because we were under so much stress, but then we weren't helping each other to alleviate the stress. So we were just building more stress. Right.
0: Yeah. I definitely remember that. It wasn't, I think it wasn't necessarily all on you either, because we were just trying to like, it was like literally trying to survive. And I think a lot of couples go through that. Yeah. If you have a lot of children under, you know, the age five, I think if you have I created a business. Um, you were working long hours to cover. I had now. just
1: taken a new job where I was, yeah, in charge of people instead of just in charge of myself.
0: We went from a two-income household to a one-income household for the time being, while until the business started making money. Um, it was a lot, and it wasn't our best moves as a as a team. And that's how I think of us as a team. We should have considered all of these things um, before diving into it and what that was, that strain on us. And so when it really was there and we were in the midst of it, I just remembered looking at you like, we cannot continue this way. We can't, it's not going to work. And I just remember you saying, well, it's not, it's not going to be like this forever. And in my head, I'm saying, well, if it's not, that means we need to make changes. We have to make moves now for it to not be like this forever where you just wanted to like
1: um we had to get through the kids being so young
0: <laughs> you just wanted to just go through the motions and just like let's just let's just let it phase out let's just let it happen
1: I was definitely on autopilot
0: autopilot yes thank you I was trying to find that word of just let's just make it and I'm like no it could get a lot worse if we just an autopilot pilot and I didn't want it to continue of us being on two different worlds. It felt like I was on one world trying to survive and you were on a different um, planet trying to survive. And then it just felt like being, I just felt alone. And I'm sure you did too. We were just very stuck. Um, But we are good at helping one another once we get out of, like once we realize what it is.
1: Yeah. You know. I think- I know that a lot of people have said, you know, you and your wife, you make a really good team. And it's like looking at it from the outside, it looks like that. But internally, it doesn't always feel that way. It feels like Mm -mm. it feels like one of us is carrying the load more. And then I feel guilty and I try to pick up more. And then you feel guilty and you try to pick up more instead of talking it out and what the other one really needs. Right. Um, Like you needed me. To talk more, and I felt like me not burdening you with my stresses was what you needed because you had so much stress. I didn't want to stress you out more, knowing how much I was stressed out.
0: Right, and that was definitely the opposite. Right, um, I just felt like I was blocked out. Like I was, there was just this wall. Yeah, and then knowing that we were both stressed out, I just was wondering what you were thinking, feeling you know, everything. And that made me, you know, people are going to think the worst or have these whole ideas yeah. of what is going on. Um, and it just didn't help. So with that, I would just say, I don't even know how we got out of it, to be very honest. I just um, remember those discussions and your medication. That's,
1: well, I think that's what it was, was finally sitting down and having those hard, talks, even though somebody's feelings were going to get hurt. Usually mine. Deservedly so.
0: Oh, I remember one particular talk and we both definitely had our feelings hurt. Um, I think you felt like, I mean, it was valid. Everything was on your shoulders because in a lot of sense, financially, everything was on your shoulders for that time being. We've always been this team. We've always had financially like on the same page. And then all of a sudden with the children coming in with me trying to build this daycare for them, it just was you. And so you were just trying to figure out your new position, in your job, making sure that that was going to go well, making sure that you will still have the same job, um, the money coming in. I mean, and
1: Trying to work overtime.
0: Trying to work overtime, and then I'm sitting here like you still have to be a parent, and you were just like, "It is a lot," and it just feels like I'm alone. And so that, not I don't think you purposely try to hurt anybody's. No, me, like in the whole conversation, we mm-hmm. were not trying to hurt each other's feelings, but we're big about being raw and being real, and we were just like, "It's not enough." Like <laughs> you, we both we told each other that it was yeah. not enough, and it hurt our
1: feelings (laughs) it did and i think that's how we got out of it we had like five or six of those conversations to be honest and it wasn't like it was a snap of the fingers oh god no i mean it's been a process and it's been a lot of me being open about everything because that makes you feel like we're on the same level and let's be real like i mean you know we still have our days where it feels like we're on different pages but that's life that's how relationships are so yeah and then you know that's also helped me open my eyes to the reality of the world as well like um different experiences that black and brown people face compared to what white people have to deal with like i'm you know the the privilege that I have and trying to explain that to family members or people who don't want to see it because they think that racism is dead and you know con- people who make choices and those are the consequences but you have a and more than one group of people telling you that it's this way like that's reality your perception is not real um so going back to kind of our relationship and how you know so we we get through that i guess like (laughs) you know that growth yeah let's talk about me being sober so you know you were there when i didn't really have a direction i was drinking a lot like in my college days and then you were there when i tried to pull back on that but really couldn't i guess yeah um it seemed like every time I went out with my friends, especially from back home, you know, my high school friends, I did not. <laughs> it, it was always not a good t- time for you. You were embarrassed oh. for me. You, I could not. I had no self-control at all, even though I was trying to. Right. I just, I would lose it.
0: You underestimated the power of alcoholism really (laughs) i think people just always think that they can be in control too um like no i can just you know have this little bit this Mm -hmm. fun time for this amount of time and it'll be fine uh no
1: i i always (laughs) thought oh i could have like four or five drinks and i'll cut myself off but four or five was turned into 20 pretty quick
0: yeah i just remember one particular experience when you came home or came back from I literally would always leave before it was over. I would just always go back to the house, be done with whatever, because you guys would just keep going. And that time you came back wasted and you threw up everywhere and was talking out the side of your head as you usually do. But this time it was just about us, I guess. And that, and it felt like I wasn't enough. So not only was it me cleaning up your puke, embarrassed for whatever you did out there without like just being drunk, you were saying things that weren't making sense. And so I was just like, yep, this is not going to work and have to explain to your mom all the puke that was on her. I think comforters and things like that. And like, i'm sorry but i try to clean up as much as possible uh it was just a level of just i moved i was moving on i'm trying to get into grad school i was trying to move on and i felt like um you were still back in the i don't even know what level of grade i was just thinking high school but even a little bit for after that level
1: the college yeah
0: pre-college like yeah freshman sophomore year of college level and i was just like no have to be past that more importantly the dollars right you spent a lot of money on alcohol
1: it's a lot of money on uh no memories
0: (laughs) (laughs) i know a lot of money
1: to be blacked out
0: (laughs) a lot of money and i would just remember you saying no i think that's like 200 and something dollars and that's a small town right
1: It's a cheap place to drink.
0: (laughs) Cheap place to drink. You could take
1: $20 and you'd get good and drunk.
0: So I'm just like, where is all this money going? Oh, no. We are in college. We're working. We're poor. Poor. Like, And this is where our dollars are going. I can't. We can't. So we had to have multiple discussions after that as well. As far as, you know. Well,
1: then I would- not drink for like two or three months. Mm-hmm. And then my high school friends would come down and I would just get obliterated again. And it'd be like starting over. I mean, it was basically I was being sober without being sober kind of a thing, right? Like I never said, oh, I'm going to go sober. Right. It was more like, oh, I'm going to save drinking for a special occasion. Yeah, special exactly. occasion being my buddies around. <laughs> The same, the same buddies.
0: The same buddies. Yep. I remember that. And I just was like, oh, is this what you want to continue doing? Is this what we're going to be doing for year after year after year? Um, basically, what's more important, I think, is what our last discussion was about. Um, is it your buddies and partying with them? Or is it your growth and figure out where you want to be? Because at that point, I was not even, like, thinking about our growth. I think I was so worried about your direction.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so then, so we get to, okay, I graduate line school. I'm still not sober. Uh, Basically, I go six months, can't get a line job. I continue the job that i had before which is barely getting by uh i can't i couldn't really afford much on that salary and i was working like 60 70 hour weeks constantly um finally i get i don't i had a night back home that was just looking back on it you know i'm, I'm it was like a last hurrah i did i I drank way too much um I don't know how I ended up home i had a at my parents' house I had a two day hangover and it's just like I'm sick of waking up and thinking about who I had to apologize to the next morning like I'm too old for this it's i need i I need to have start my career I need to change something in my life and it has to be with drinking so that was in december and in january we went on a vacation to the bahamas
0: bahamas
1: so what do you remember when i like the change from december to january because i didn't even tell you right away i was going sober Mm -mm. i think it was right before we went on our vacation was when i told you and i didn't I'm pretty sure I didn't even take you seriously. Probably not. I, I never claimed before, really, I was going to be sober though, either.
0: No, I, I believe that that was the first time you said it, but even then, I was just like, okay,
1: it's only a matter of time
0: <laughs> if that's what you say. I mean, I never would tell you that was not impossible. I was just like, okay, I'm not going to hold my breath though. Um, the difference between those two months, yeah, I haven't.
1: You don't remember? No clue. So, well, okay. <laughs> How long was it after I started being sober to you noticing a change? Where maybe I started maturing a little more. Maybe I started, uh, you saw some growth.
0: Honestly, is when we moved in together. I don't know how far that was, but when we moved in to duplex together okay how long ago like how
1: that would what have been difference is that six months six months yeah
0: oh okay um yeah i use like where we used to live as staples of time
1: i know that's <laughs> kind okay of, whenever we talk about memories it's well we're living here we At were time living here oh yeah i remember that now
0: yeah i feel like yeah once you have kids time is like what Uh, so yes, when we started living there, I felt like you were taking things a lot seriously. You were more seriously. I feel like you were, you cared about our home. It wasn't just like a place to party. It was like, um, we were having dinners. We were going to be having people over for gatherings, but not like, I'm um, going to get wasted, plastered. It was like, e- bye, guys. You know, it felt like a grown-up home. Yeah. Um, and you were taking your job seriously, too. I mean, you always have, but I feel like you were trying to make the moves as far as getting resume up to bar and trying to apply everywhere and try to get places. And I just felt like it wasn't a moment. It was more of like um, a feelings. A collection. Yeah. And just... I don't know. We felt like we were on the same page. We felt like we were just building this, building more.
1: We were growing to be a family.
0: Yeah, you were on that trip. I was not there yet.
1: Yeah. It's a different discussion. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it it is. So going on that, when did you realize you wanted to? Get to a family. Marry you? Yeah, with me.
0: We bought our first- Was it
1: after I proposed or before?
0: I have to really-
1: We were still- We didn't buy our first home till after I proposed.
0: Right. So we bought our first first home. Um, A year later, you proposed.
1: Mm Mm-mm. Oh, no. We were living in a duplex when I proposed.
0: Listen. See? Time. (laughs) Yeah. We were. It was on your birthday. Um, I think it wasn't until after. So you had proposed, which literally blindsided me because we thought we were celebrating your birthday. Um, You took the family.
1: I never do, so I'm surprised you didn't realize something was up.
0: Listen, I thought that was part of your growth, though. Like You just didn't care anything about you. You wanted to have fun for everybody else. You wanted everybody else to come over and sort of on some level, take advantage of the opportunities that you would. Create. Create. Yes. Um, so when you were like, yeah, I'm going to have the family down and we're all going to celebrate my birthday. I was like, Oh my God. Okay. This is going to be fun. No, you proposed anyway. A hole. Uh, at that moment, of course I said, yes. And of course we were, you know, living together, but I think it was. Um, Uh, months later where I was like yeah I could definitely see this (laughs) and that's when I we thought about buying the house because I would have never bought a house with someone that I didn't think that yeah was going to be a a good move yeah
1: you know yeah I know I know what you're saying I'm just (laughs) trying to put like what was kind of happening because there was a time where you were so annoyed with how I was playing video games that, uh, we got into a huge argument about it, and it was like a days of arguing, like a week of arguing, to the point where my brother ended up using it in an argument for that him and I had against me. Oh, do you remember having this huge argument? Like, no, maybe it was after I stopped. Because you were to the point where you felt like I enjoyed playing video games more than I enjoyed hanging out with you.
0: I feel like this is all women with
1: probably, gamers. Probably. <laughs> Welcome so, to the life. <laughs> like, you kept harping on me for that. And I'm like, well, I don't go out to the bars. I don't go over to friend's house and drink. Like, this is what I do when I hang out with my friends. Uh, this, And then <laughs> you were like, well, why can't you just hang out with me all the time? Does that does you don't remember this at all? It was it it got really nasty for a little bit.
0: I promise you. I mean, I've definitely remember feeling annoyed of you playing video games. Yeah, I mean,
1: but like this was like two months straight of me playing a lot. I will say I had to cut way back.
0: I think that you were probably using it as a coping skill to get over the hump, but I didn't know yes. that at the time.
1: I think that that is for sure what I part of what I was doing.
0: I felt like. If this, if it was happening at the rate of you're talking about, I literally do not remember, but I do know you have this moments of escapism. Like you could just go into something and be gone. Um, we've yep. talked about this a lot. And yep. It's definitely a lot less, but if that was it, I could definitely see how I could be annoyed about it.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I fall into stories like into other worlds. I like the way it makes my mind, my imagination go. Yeah. Um, Which I think helps me with problem solving and critical thinking at other venues because my mind isn't so closed off. I'm like, well, you know, I imagine different possibilities. And you are more of a practical person who pretty much just lives in this world and stories are just a mechanism of uh, helping you learn other things. I guess instead of just like escaping into the story, you just.
0: I'm a solver, like of reality. Yeah, I don't know. Is that all gamers? Is that what you do? Probably not.
1: To? I don't. I don't think so. That's just me personally. Like mm-hmm. I do it with movies and books, and it's not just video games that do it. But right now, it's my favorite way to consume stories.
0: Okay. Even more
1: so than TV shows and everything. Does it make sense?
0: Mm-hmm. I love my TV shows. Yeah. So I, no, I think at the time. Um, so are you saying it must have been after that, after the argument about the gaming? Probably. That makes sense. For me, I always have to see some level of growth before we move on to something new. That's even. I mean, we but talked about this.
1: For me, moving on to something new is growth. So I think that's yes. kind of where we butted heads too sometimes. Because mm-hmm. we, you know. Like we said, there's been work, there's been valleys, there's been peaks. So,
0: Ying and yang. We sometimes have to come into each other's worlds to understand. Yeah. Yeah. No, I could see that. So you proposed. I think it was like months later after our growth, again, another level. Yeah. Where I was like, okay, I can definitely see this. Now let's talk about buying a house.
1: And you <laughs> were so fast on that process too. You were just like... I wanna this is one of the things, and you know it drives me crazy oh about you. your impatience things gotta happen right now facts um so we get our first house, and then basically we're just continuing through, but I'm having issues at work, and it's affecting our relationship right. because I'm not
0: it's affecting your mental health,
1: yes. Uh, you know, what did you think then, I guess, when things were at their worst with work? I want to say it was probably like 4 months.
0: In regards to our relationship or your sobriety,
1: uh, I would say a little bit of both.
0: Um with your sobriety, I don't think I was ever worried about you slipping back, even though it was it wasn't a good um, few months of you working that you seem very depressed about who you were working with and <clears throat> how are they were working. Um, and we would talk about it, but even then, I think you would min- minimize it, mm-hmm. um, so that it didn't seem like you were that I didn't have to worry about you. I think, um, and I think I talked to you about switching jobs or doing whatever you have to do, because if you put 40 to 50 hours a week into something, it better feel good. <laughs> and it did not feel good. Um, so as far as sobriety, I did not worry about you falling. I don't know why. I mean, yeah, that could definitely be a huge trigger because you, yeah, it was a low, low moment um, for us. I think I worried about us because it was a level of trust. I didn't think you would. I I felt like you weren't letting me in.
1: I think that was the first time that we had the discussion about how I needed to not keep my stress to myself. That I need to include you. And I think I did it for like a month. And then I slipped back uh, for a couple of years of just keeping my stress to myself. Because that's just, I don't want to be a burden on people. So I don't talk about my feelings first off. I have problems bringing words to what my feelings actually are or identifying what I'm feeling. And then second off, I just don't talk about what I'm going through because I don't want to be a burden on people. And that's what I didn't want to do to you. But by doing that, I was being a burden on you.
0: Because my mind wanders. And also, you're not that good of a liar.
1: Sometimes I am, but uh, it's the only one uh, I uh, care.
0: No. I mean, yes, if I tell you, if I look fat while I'm pregnant and things like that, you're a great liar. But I think that when you tried to hide your feelings or hide your emotions or even what you were going through, it was not working well.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was just – I remember waking up in cold sweats at night on weekends, like Sunday nights. Yeah. Waking up in cold sweats because I didn't want to go to work on a Monday.
0: Yeah. So – I don't even remember the original question, but as far as our relationship, I think it was just trying to get through that growth period of trust, Mm -hmm. which was a whole nother level of letting me in and see what you're struggling with personally.
1: And then for like at this time, I'm not really struggling with being sober because I know that that's what I want to do, but I'm struggling with who I am as a sober person, how I'm, you know, how I can get rid of my stress, how I can. Right. Even like, I kind of went through friends, like different friends too, because at this time, you know, um, the people that we worked with at the airport, I kind of got some distance away from them, not for any particular reason other than everybody has their own lives and, Sometimes you grow apart from people, and they were my only friends in Madison. So I was also transitioning out of that as well.
0: Right. Um, Trying to find things to do outside of drinking.
1: Yeah, and then then I found you know a team to play softball on. That was huge. I think. Um. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, because I I didn't I didn't really have too many friends to play ball with. And that's something that I love to do in the summer. Something I grew up doing. Um, some of my favorite memories are on a ball field. Uh, yeah. And then played some pickup basketball, but I, people take it way too serious in Madison. I'm not a big fan of it. I just want to have fun. Shoot. What do you mean? People get serious. Like they start yelling at these random people that they don't know because they're not playing well. And it's like, who are you to yell at them? Like you're not that good. And then I'll take it up a notch and I'll go at them a little bit. And then I'll start talking junk. And then it turns into a fight. Like, Oh, I'm, I i do not know if you remember, I came back from the gym a couple of times after we had our firstborn and we had that gym membership.
0: Oh yeah. And I was like, yeah,
1: I got into another argument. Yeah. I got into another argument and this, this dude was like, "Well, you're not very good either." And then the next game, I just schooled him, and I'm like, "What do you got? <laughs> come on! <laughs> I'm not. I'm not the best athlete. I'm not saying Ooh. I'm great, but I just like you know, if you're gonna be a bully, I'm gonna come at you as a bully. Is my mindset. That's how I've always been. Hmm. Like you know, yeah, I guess I always see the person who are kind of kicked to the outside. And I wanna I wanna make them feel good. I want them to empathize. Or I want to empathize, I guess. Yeah. I don't want people to be on the outside. And if you're bullied, I'm gonna I'm gonna step up for you unless you give me a reason not to.
0: Yeah, you found your ways though. With gaming, with playing sports. We played volleyball and the sand yeah. sand volleyball. We we definitely try to find sober things to do, even when those sober things would turn into drinking things. Cause we're in Wisconsin. So
1: it took me, how long was <laughs> Did it take okay. me to be okay around people drinking? Do you think? Have no two clue. years. I, have no clue. I mean, I don't think I went to a bar for like for a while for a long time after when's the last sober. time we've
0: been to a bar.
1: Well, I'm just saying like the mm-hmm. first few times I went to a bar.
0: Oh yeah. It was a while
1: so i mean it it hasn't all been uh, unicorns and rainbows this if it's my world it's being sober ice cream and cookies
0: no and then you know we got married and then sold a house got pregnant bought a house we
1: Uh, got pregnant again yeah had another kid
0: had another business, business. So we just haven't stopped moving in the last four years. It's just been a blur. I think that's why time is like, when? How long? I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you... So going back into our families and how we're different with our families. Um, you know, I'm I'm, I'm going to keep this podcast about me. So do you... Do you remember? Do you remember my one year anniversary of being sober, and how that was a downer for me? No, um, I was sober for a year, and you and I were driving to either the mall or a movie or something. And uh, I said, "You know, I've been sober for a year," and you said, "Yeah, I know." I texted your family. I went, oh, I haven't gotten a single text from anybody and you're like really because they've been texting me and this was like at night and i was like you know i went through the whole day nobody congratulated me or anything and i'm just feeling kind of bad you don't remember that
0: vaguely i do or i just like, remember the drive
1: my 30th birthday party we're gonna go back to that
0: I mean, if we had the time, if we go, yes, your 30th birthday party and certain people didn't show up that we thought were coming because it was a surprise, we had a lot of people come, but it wasn't everyone you expected. Yeah. You also love to downplay, and we've talked about this, you love to downplay things to the point where you convince other people that it isn't a big deal. And then when they're convinced that it's not a big deal, when it really is a big deal for you, it backfires, right? Cause but
1: those two things I never downplayed is the thing.
0: <clears throat> Your sobriety, you wanted it to not always be at the forefront, in my opinion.
1: I, I agree with that. But one year is kind of special.
0: It is. Yeah. But you never really talked about it, like, leading up to it. You know what I mean? I know. You you know? I don't know. It just seemed like it wasn't a big deal. You didn't want... To me, it seemed like you didn't want it to always be about your sobriety just in case you did fall off the wagon. It wouldn't be a huge deal. It felt like a safety net thing for you. Yeah. For me, to, to me. Um
1: I understand that. But
0: I still wanted to celebrate. You know me, I want to celebrate every little thing. This right. is what I do. So, I wanted to celebrate, but you were just so down and the idea that the people closest to you um didn't seem to notice.
1: And then that's the same thing like turning 30 is a big deal whether I Yeah. It's like the first time it's a big deal since 21. Yeah. So that's why I thought it would be, but I guess that was my fault because I've been, ever since 21, I'm like, whatever, it's a birthday.
0: Yeah, I'd have to drag you out to celebrate your birthday and you didn't want everybody to make a big deal. I it? still
1: don't care about my birthday, oh, I know. but when I turn 40, I'm probably going to think it's a big deal. Like, yeah. not probably i am gonna think it's a big deal
0: see you almost (laughs) but yes i say that every year is amazing like you survived another year you lived another year you had these wonderful experiences throughout the year it should be celebrated you were brought into this world on this day at this time so every year for me and you know because i make sure you know We're going to celebrate
1: it. You get a whole month. We all know. It is
0: not a month. Definitely is a weekend, though.
1: It's a full month.
0: It is a weekend.
1: It is my birthday month. How dare you make me do the dishes? I have never
0: said month before. I have said it's my birthday week,
1: though. No, you've definitely said it's my birthday month. Oh, my
0: gosh. You exaggerate so much. I,
1: I have never exaggerated before in my life.
0: Wow. Okay. On that note, you have... We could go on forever with these, these 10 years. Well, of yeah, but
1: I think that it's a good discussion. I don't.
0: I'm not saying it's not. Yeah. For sure. At so, the end of the day, it comes back on relying on your partner. The yeah. The person you chose to battle this world with. Um, it's
1: about tr- having that. Trusting. Those people around you. And being trusting of those people around you. Like, yeah. you know, my friends that I got would always get absolutely super wasted with like they're right in my corner with me being sober. One of them took a little bit of convincing, but as soon as he is convinced, you know, he's, he's been on my side too. And you've always been on my side.
0: Yeah. To me, it's just not needed. It's too many cons, not enough pros.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Especially the way that I was drinking. (laughs)
0: in general, but yeah, I think that, yeah, you always need to have your support system. And as much as people think that, you know, and sometimes you would come off that way. You may have not have meant to that. You have it under control. It's not a big deal. Um, You know, it was, and it is you like people need to be reminded that, man, you're making these big moves. This is amazing. Or this is great work or, you, I see the change in you because um, that keeps people motivated. That keeps people going. There's all these triggers in the world. You need to have that matched with a lot of, you know, encouragement, a lot of,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, milestones, good ones. Yeah. In my opinion.
1: <laughs> I know one of my big triggers, too, for getting obliterated was uh, when people... Would tell me, oh, you know, you're just an alcoholic. You're, you know, you're such an alcoholic. And I would be like, really? You think I'm an alcoholic? Fine, I'll show you. I'm an alcoholic, man. I'll make you right. And I would just get obliterated for just to kind of like prove a point. Like this is what an alcoholic would do. And I don't do this all the time. Kind of a thing. Really? Yeah. It was like you know a self-fulfilling prophecy almost but
0: hmm.
1: it was just like a trigger yeah so that's yeah i i think you know we're in a really good place right now but it took a lot of work to get there whether we knew it or not looking back on it
0: yeah looking back on it i can definitely say it's um Makes a lot more sense and it's easier to understand than going through it, obviously. Yeah. At the time. But with you being just like very patient, let's just say that, because I'm not, and understanding and willing to take a beat where sometimes I'm in that mood of uh, if it's not going to work, then it's not going to work. Then, okay, this is done. And that's not the best move. I think we've balanced out each other. Because I would say this is what we need, but for for me, I would need to see something soon. When you're like, let's talk about this again, or let's have this discussion again, or let's, and it helped me slow down, even though I'm still very an impatient person. Yeah, you only catch me saying that once, Uh, but I have noticed that what I want and when I want it is not always what's best for us. So, and it's not always, you know. Feasible. Feasible.
1: Thank you. <laughs> that's yes. That's a yes. Yes. That's a
0: yes. That's so a yes. Okay.
1: Uh, I'm this nerdy white guy, right? No. You have do not like really any of the things that I like. How do we work? Like I like sci-fi a lot. I like, I still like my Ninja Turtles. I like, you know, I like baseball. You hate baseball. Um, You know, I like my fandom. You are not really a fan. How does that?
0: I mean, if you're going to shine light on a lot of the opposites, you can shine just as much light on, you know, the similarities. But we do have a lot of opposites. (laughs)
1: <laughs> we i have a hobby you don't
0: I, my hobby is am
1: the things i do you're just mediocre
0: oh jesus so that's <laughs> where we're going i think i don't look at i don't look for similarities i look for things deeper yes we have to be able to do things together yes we have to have at least the same values and morals and things like that that's the deeper things i need to see someone that's going to be on my team to help me get through, get, be where I want to be in life. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you, a lot of relationships usually based on that, you know, I don't like doing that, or you like getting wasted, you like doing this. Wow. Well, or
1: you hate Star Wars.
0: I hate it.
1: And that makes me <laughs> depressed. I Why hate. did I do this to myself? <laughs>
0: I hate a lot of those things. I'm
1: just happy our boys love Ninja Turtles. I'm moving I'm slow. not against
0: I'm not against Ninja Turtles. I know. There's a lot of things I'm just um I just don't care. I'm like, okay. That's what you like, great. But you're just upset that I don't love it
1: as much as <laughs> that's you That's not it. true. That's not true. I it's not you don't have to love it.
0: My indifference doesn't bother you. No. Okay. Okay. So, yes, we are very different. I like very practical, very straightforward, um, a lot of things that make sense. And you love the idea of just having this abstract in your imagination, having this very fluid thought or feeling. I don't know. Just sometimes worldview.
1: I feel like (laughs) you like things to be in a box. And I just jump all over the place. I don't have like, I don't have set things. Like I just, I'm like, I have ADHD, but I also have ADHD about everything else too. I guess. Does that make sense? Like not really? Not really. So.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: You, what, okay. What's your hobby? Do you think you have a hobby?
0: I do not. We've talked about this. This is one of the things I need to work on. As far as my self-help, self help, oh my goodness, my self-care, I struggle with that. So I, my hobby was volleyball. COVID ruined that. Um, and that was just for you helping
1: me find volleyball. You, your hobby was school. My when hobby? we first started dating like it oh. was absolutely school and then it was work yes and it
0: internship it,
1: work it seems work. to me still that it's work is your hobby even though you do have volleyball and you start you're starting to have your videos online and stuff too but you seem like that you're happiest and most zen when you're working on something yes and that is I am all. I can also find that place if I'm working on stuff. Like I kind of – I was on Friday. Part of my, why my weekend has been stressful is Friday. I put in 16 hours. Uh, there was a storm that went through. We had work to do. and It was – I like my job. That's part of what I like about my job is going to help people who are out of power. Um, but also, when it takes away a day or your weekend – It can add some stress. And when your kids don't sleep the night before, the night after, it leaves you a little bit tired. Um,
0: I think you had a moment.
1: A moment of what?
0: Where were you going with that?
1: I was just, no idea.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So
1: here's my question for you, okay? Okay. As As a lineman's wife. I don't think I've ever, oh, I've funny. ever, I've ever asked you this.
0: I don't like how you phrase that, but go ahead. As
1: the wife of a lineman. Mm, thank you. How, does that sound better? Mm-hmm. Okay. See, that's something that like I wouldn't have thought any difference. It's just, I know, but it makes I'm sense because picky. it seems possessive. Yes. Okay, that makes sense. That's why we talk about these things. I know. I know. Um, when I would get a trouble call. Mm-hmm. When I was taking trouble calls at night, what would you think? What was the first thing that would pop in your head when that phone rang? What do you mean? Like when the phone would ring and you'd know, and you'd know it was work because I have a work phone. Yeah. What would you? What would be the first thing that popped in your head when it would ring? Would you be worried? Would you be like, oh, again? Would oh, you be like, I can't believe he's going somewhere now?
0: Definitely, ugh, again. And please just don't go. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: I was not a fan.
1: I remember a lot of times at night, you wouldn't even know that I left, Mm -mm. which was crazy. Usually, like when you talk to my coworkers and their spouses, they would say it would take them, you know, 10 years to not wake up to the phone. But I found a ringer that would wake me up and you'd sleep through it. I remember when we've had our oldest used to get really mad at me because my phone would ring and I would be right awake, but our oldest would cry and it would take me a little bit to get up. And that really irritated you.
0: Oh yeah. The selective hearing I thought you had. Mm -hmm. I would be like, so how can you wake up with a storm from a storm, but not from the screams of your children?
1: It's not that, The screams don't wake me up. I think it's just like learned uh, behavior. Like I would hear that and that would just snap me awake. Because I'd be out the door in less than 10 minutes from a dead sleep, two in the morning, like pitch black out. Mm -hmm. And my phone would ring and I'd be, as soon as I say hello, I'm putting my pants on. So... I think that that's more what it was. But you used to think, like, I cared more about my job than I did my son.
0: Our family, yes, a lot of times. And I felt like a lot of that responsibility, we talked about this, um, was shifted onto me. And now looking back, realistically, I mean, you had to work more hours and do a lot of things. It made sense. But I was also putting in a lot of hours. It just wasn't getting paid for. Right. Yeah Yet. yet. Um, and yeah, you jump out of bed for that. And then I would wake you up and tell you it's your turn. And he's been crying for like a good five minutes. So are you going to get him? Um, and I would be annoyed that I'd have to do that. I just thought, so you just don't want to get our son. Um, yeah. So I remember asking that several times, like, how can you wake up for that? But not that. And we both are adjusting to this newborn, yet somehow I'm right there, you know adjusting fast, and
1: yeah, just I mean like sometimes their crying would be like in my dream, so I would just think it'd be part of my dream, yeah, and then never for me i would you would wake me up or I would realize, oh, they're crying for real, and then I'd get up like. Yeah. It would make me be aware of my dream that I'm having, but I wouldn't it wouldn't snap me out awake right away. But if my phone, if I hear that song in that phone, it's just like an alarm. It would just snap me awake. So and then like so I got that call Thursday night that I was gonna have to work on Friday. What did that's not obviously that's not the first time since I've kind of gone to the job I have now, it's been more like that. Instead of the phone ringing, I have to get out of bed and go to work. Now we get a little bit of notice before I have to go. What What do your thoughts go to then?
0: Um, uh, Is it any different? that particular day? No, sure. I'm just still just as mad. I don't know why. I get why you have to do it. But to be honest, when you get those calls where you have to be like, oh, I know you put in your 40 hours. But also, I need you to put in 16 more. Um Today, I get a little annoyed and I'm just like, okay, but I don't fight it because that's just silly. I just tell you, okay, and I take care of business like I always do you on know? this side so you can handle things on your side.
1: <clears throat> so if I have to get travel for a storm and I end up having to stay the night- Does that annoy you even more? That's what I always figure. That's why I always try to fight to get home. I always feel guilty if I have to stay the night somewhere.
0: But I don't tell you that, but I know you already know it.
1: Like I can't hide my emotions, you can't hide yours.
0: I really don't do a great job doing that.
1: So like when you called me Friday, I could tell, and we talked about this afterwards and you weren't mad at me, you were mad about a situation. But I thought you were mad at me because I was taking so long at work that, uh, because you know, they offered me a hotel room. No. Yeah. Uh, honestly, just about every time that I work that long, they offer me a hotel room and I never take it. Oh. Unless, like, you know, we're in Wisconsin or something like that.
0: Okay. No, I was annoyed. Yes. The annoyance turned into other things because I have two screaming children, had to make dinner, also had to make a trip to another part for my business. And, you know, I was just trying to figure out what time and the time turned into a different time as things do for your job. Right. And, yeah, I was like, okay, well, now I got to put them (laughs) in the car. We're going to make this trip together. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that just made Sometimes like I'm I have this clock in my head where I'm like, okay, I need to hurry this up so that I can get home because I don't want my wife to have all this responsibility thrown on her shoulders because it's not fair. I
0: didn't know you thought about thought like that.
1: I think about so. that all the time. I don't like you having to shoulder all our children alone because I know that honestly they have the energy of five children, so It gets overwhelming Hmm. and they still don't sleep great.
0: Not yet. We have our days, but yes.
1: So I'm always nervous about that kind of stuff because I don't want you to have to deal with it alone. Hmm.
0: It's not the end of the world. We have to. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to say I'm going to love it and it's going to be great, but. It's not like you're out partying, (laughs) you know what I mean? So at the end of the day, we both have to step up and do what we have to do to make this work and make sure our family is taken care of. And sometimes and a lot of times it's going to suck. And other times it's going to be great. But I don't want people, you know, I didn't know you thought about it that much at work. You should be focused on work and know that I have it handled well, I, oh, not,
1: it's no. not that I think you're struggling. It's just that no, I think I it's not fair.
0: Uh, see, that's where I struggle with that. I think it's definitely fair. I just don't have to like it. You yeah. Know? It's yeah. fair. It's
1: just that's how my mind kind of goes with that. So,
0: What are you going to do? Strap one to your um, chest and just be like,
1: climb hey, Ezra,
0: we're going to climb a pole now.
1: Well, he would like that. So maybe I should.
0: He would love it. Anyway, so that is just a little bit of our craziness, our relationship, how we think, what we do together, what we don't do together, which is a lot of things.
1: Here's something that I want to ask you. Okay. At work, I've been a big proponent of equality. Um, You've kind of seen how, that's kind of the stress that that's put on me at work too. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I guess, how does that look from your perspective?
0: How does that look?
1: Like when you see me being an advocate, sometimes you wish that I wouldn't, that I would just kind of go about it day to day. So I wouldn't bring some of the stress do you wish that?
0: No, I, we talk about your privilege all the time and using it for good. This is where you are and having a black family, what that means. Um, no, never. Like uh, so, <clears throat> on your advocacy part, I. F- I mean, that's what we do as a family. We always sitting there making sure that everyone's voices are heard, and you doing that at work has been amazing very brave because, you know, a lot of people lose jobs left and right for whatever reason. It could be BS reasons. Um, but I think it's very important that we still do it and that you still do it. So you stepping up for the LGBTQIA plus community was bomb as hell. Like, I was just like, what did you do? What are you doing? Wow okay. And then talking about how to add more diversity to your whole workforce, like that was amazing. Steps to talk to people, people higher up, giving them ideas, throwing out solutions to a lot of their problems. Um, things you didn't have to do, but you did. And and we talked about this too, the idea of being um a performative ally versus a genuine one um and i think you definitely did that from genuinely caring about these people from marginalized populations right who have always had to jump through these hoops to just get the equality that they're supposed to have to begin with
1: to be able to just live
0: to live yeah so you genuinely care and it's not like this performative i want to make sure that i get the sort of praise about helping this underdog or things like that. Um, And it's really, I don't know, strengthened our relationship for sure, because I'm always fighting the fight and you've always supported me fighting the fight, but now you're over here fighting (laughs) other fights. So I'm looking at you like, oh, wow. Okay.
1: Did it surprise you the first time I did it?
0: The flag definitely yeah. surprised me. Yeah, and I and it's one thing to talk about it um, behind in your home, and it's another thing to face a whole crew, a, full, a whole business, right agency to say like this is what needs to be done. Not a lot of people can do that.
1: It's not easy. I I kind of knew that it surprised you, but.
0: Well, yeah, we talked about it. I was just like, wait, what, what happened? Like, why didn't they fly it? And haven't they before? And I, we were just all confused. And I just was surprised that you were the only one, too.
1: I wasn't. You weren't? No, I wasn't surprised. It,
0: oh, surprised about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's the sad
1: part. But that's,
0: no, I think there needs to be more of that.
1: I think it is it is difficult. I've seen more and more um people come to my side. It hasn't been as fast as I w- I would like it to be, but your side. What do you mean? <laughs> uh, to advocate for equality, call out some of the things that they see, what Got they it. hear. Okay. Um Yeah, right. that's just it's not as many as I think it should be. A lot of people think it's political, but how is being equal political? Like, that's not political. It's a right and wrong thing. It's not a, oh, I'm on the right side of the spectrum, therefore I don't agree that somebody, you know, it's it's a right or it's a wrong. Right now it's a wrong and we need to make it a right. Yeah. That's what... That's the way that I'm approaching it. So I get really upset when people say like, you know, I'm coming to, um, you know, I'm on that political side or um, I don't believe that way. I don't believe what you believe or it's not a belief. Like that's how the world should be. That's how we want the world to be. So let's do it. And I get really frustrated by that. Even, like, I just told a person at work um, not too long ago that I really appreciated them speaking up like they are on Facebook. Like, I see them. I'm a, I'm backing them if they ever need anything and call me because I understand what it's like to feel alone. And... um There was something like, oh, I know that you've be- believed in this for a while. I'm coming to it now. Like, I have a lot of energy that I'm willing to use. So, if you need help, you let me know. The saying, like, you've believed this for a while gets to me personally a little bit because it's not a belief.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's 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 a right and a wrong. <laughs> that, that's where we need to get as a world, as a society, is there's a right and wrong and everybody should just be them and we need to stop with this system that we have now that's not working. Yeah.
0: I mean there's been needs to be a lot more allies.
1: So um we have one question that from our listeners that I think uh oh
0: you can also
1: answer. This one comes from Steven. Who is your favorite Power Ranger?
0: Oh, my goodness. I'm embarrassed to say. So you start with yours.
1: Well, just like, you know, the Ninja Turtles, I was always a fan of Leo. When I came to the Ghostbusters, actually, I was always more of a fan of Winston. Because I thought he was the funniest. Yeah. But I was always a fan of the leader. So... I was, you know, Red Ranger guy.
0: Okay. I can see that.
1: So who who were you a fan of that you're embarrassed about?
0: So Power Rangers was a big thing in the family. We reenacted every single video tape. Um, VHS, yes, for you youngins, look it up. So I was always the pink Power Ranger. My cousin was always we had. There's five of us. My brother was always the black Power Ranger. <laughs> and the other three cousins were the other ones. Looking back, I don't think I would make myself the pink Power Ranger now. But yeah,
1: who would you make yourself?
0: Oh, a whole new Power Ranger. Those boxes weren't happening for me.
1: Like a, a ooh. Now we're talking about breaking boxes. We were just talking about how you like things in a box. And now.
0: Hey, I'm talking about like practical oh, like steps okay. to like okay. jobs and things like that. But yes, yeah, societal things. No, people shouldn't be in boxes.
1: That's not what I meant.
0: Oh, okay. Um, Sorry, I didn't catch your dr- joke. But yes, you I often don't.
1: But I am hilarious.
0: You are not hilarious. You think you're hilarious, which makes it hilarious.
1: It's but. not that I think I am; it's that I know I am.
0: Yes. Um. Now I would be a different color. Power Peri-winkle.
1: Ranger. Chartreuse?
0: No, I would
1: be dark orange. Dark orange, huh?
0: Like the burnt orange Power Ranger. Did they make like one of
1: the, the Texas Longhorn Power Ranger?
0: Now I don't want to be.
1: You're welcome.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: That's what I'm here for. I'm here to ruin everything that you like. I'm I'm a dad. That's what I do.
0: We'll see what our boys pick for their Power Ranger.
1: They're not going to watch Power Rangers.
0: Yes, they are.
1: No, they aren't. That show's too violent. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: but Ninja Turtles is it?
1: Ninja Turtles is about family.
0: Oh my gosh. We're not even going to get into this. We're not.
1: Uh, I just want to say as we're kind of winding down here to, uh, Dan and Jeff, we saw, I saw your questions, um, months, saw your questions, but we felt like those would be better answered uh, with both of us here. So we'll save those for next week. Um, one thing I want to say is that, uh, seeing these videos of the baseball practices, I really missed baseball. I really missed hearing the snap of the mitt, the uh, crack of the bat, especially on home runs, my goodness. I got to actually play a little bit of softball at a practice, and I missed that. Um, I don't think I was particularly – I wouldn't say I'm great or anything, but that was it was a lot of fun. But uh, the league got canceled, so. Uh, Thanks, COVID. yeah. Do you have anything you want to say?
0: No, this was um, weird and fun.
1: Why was it weird? Because we were jumping all over the place?
0: No, it was just because we were talking to each other. I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, it's just, I get it.
0: Yeah, but it was fun. So I'm glad I got the sub in for my brother. Please come back next week.
1: <laughs> if you uh, want to follow us on Facebook. Uh, Twitter, it's Untapped Keg, uh, Untapped Keg com. Uh, we're Untapped Keg on Instagram. Uh, yeah, it let yeah. us let us know how we're doing. Um, we said that last week. Like, you know, if you want to see something different, like I said, from the beginning, we wanted to bring guests on, but with COVID, we're still trying to figure out how we're going to do it. Um, we want the audio quality to stay similar so and it's um not fair to ask someone to come on and be like well can you buy a podcast mic so it sounds decent so we're trying to work through that and find find a way so that it's not echoey or tinny um yeah i'm glad that you were our first guest guest and uh i'm glad you had fun so yeah. I, i'm at it's trickster on twitter the i and trickster is a one uh mons is at monte ball twenty eight on Twitter so give us a follow and let us know what you think and uh thanks for listening
0: thanks bye bye